Welcome to Am I Famous Yet? Memoir of a Working Class Rockstar, where I explore the trials and tribulations of being a full-time freelance professional musician in this crazy business we call show. My name is Ivan Funkboy Bodley, and I'll be your host, endeavoring to entertain you with my tales from the road, because sometimes you have to laugh to keep from crying. Am I Famous Yet? is available as a podcast wherever you get fine podcasts, a YouTube series, and even as an actual book in hardcover, softcover, and Kindle editions on Amazon. Links for all of these, including my social media, can be found at my website, www.funkboy.net, F-U-N-K-B-O-Y.net. If you like what you're hearing, please rate and review it, as these things really do help other people find the show. So grab your bass, tune up, and let's hit the road. Hey, it's Ivan. Welcome to Playing for a Living, notes from the road during the week that just was. Last week was quite the eventful one. Where to begin? Let's begin at the beginning. Actually, let's rewind a little bit further because I had to prepare in advance for a couple of days by getting two COVID tests for two different events on that Monday. The first event required a negative test less than 72 hours in advance. The second required one in less than 48 hours. That one was going to be a bit trickier since the second event was at 5 p.m. on Monday. The test had to be administered after 5 p.m. on Saturday, an hour at which I would have been already on site for the weekly wedding gig. That only left Sunday to get the rapid PCR test. No problem, right? Problem. The so-called rapid test results are not guaranteed until three to five days later at my local dock-in-a-box walk-in clinic. When I went there on Friday for my 72-hour test, they promised me a wait time of 45 minutes before swabbing and certification, possibly not in time for me to be able to clear the gig requirements. As I was standing at the check-in desk looking dissatisfied with this news, one of the clerks said, if you don't want to wait, there's a testing van around the corner parked in front of Dunkin' Donuts with no wait. A parked van, eh? Sounds legit. Let's do it. I got my brain scraped right there on the curb in the bus exhaust. I have no idea who paid for that test, either the government or my insurance, I suppose, and I have no idea what direct marketing I have yet to receive as a result of the email address I gave them, time will tell. The test results came within 24 hours, in plenty of time for the first gig requirement. Facing possible denial of entry to the second event and unsure if I would be able to get the additionally required test in the allotted window, I briefly contemplated the possibility of electronically altering the certification PDF document to reflect the time frame I needed for compliance. What's a few hours difference in falsifying records during a global pandemic, eh? I'm happy to report that my imagined life of crime never came to fruition. No forged documents were necessary in the end. On to gig number one. Monday morning at 10.30 a.m., I participated in a press event for the Broadway show Ain't Too Proud, The Life and Times of the Temptations, where I had the good fortune to appear as a sub about half a dozen times before the pandemic shutdown. This event involved the rhythm section of the orchestra gathering together on stage to jam through some Motown grooves as we were filmed for some B-roll. It was quick, painless, and required no musical preparation, just the hoops to jump through with the COVID protocols. Upon completion of the press event, I return home to put down my stuff, pick up my other stuff, and make my way to JFK Airport for a flight to Rome, Italy. 
This was the second COVID test requirement of the day, or so I was led to believe. Various websites said that I might or might not need a negative COVID test in order to travel in addition to my proof of vaccination. Furthermore, it was mandated that I registered with the European Union and their passenger locator form. I had to show a QR code from that website along with my CDC vaccination card just to get into the airport in New York before even checking in with the airline. They didn't end up asking me for that negative test on the outbound leg. Knowing that I would definitely need a negative test to get back into the United States, however, I made appointments for rapid tests through the hotel concierge in Italy at a local pharmacy for the entire band so that we could get home. Before we could get into the airport in Rome for our return trip, we needed to show the negative test and also that we had registered with the U.S. contact tracing website. As I said, there were hoops to jump through. That was just for the trip to a CDC-designated COVID high-risk country. The actual gig was a wedding in Tuscany in a small town near Siena, about two hours' drive from the Rome airport. Upon arrival in Rome at 7 a.m. local time, the three of us who traveled together from New York had to wait another four hours for our bandmate to arrive from Boston. This was a wearying chore to perform after an overnight flight with very little sleep and a six-hour time zone difference, but perform it we did. We rented a minivan and hung out for a few hours at a dusty canal-side town right outside the airport until our other singer arrived. Once we collected him at the airport, communicating via WhatsApp and the airport Wi-Fi, we beat a hasty retreat up the autostrada to Tuscany, specifically the town of Chianciano Terme. Please pardon my pronunciation. I've driven the length and breadth of that country in past years on various tours, so I'm not intimidated by the highways and the occasional vehicles passing you at over 100 miles per hour. The only thing that changed significantly since my time there in the 90s was that the toll booths now accepted credit cards. Now that's progress. We had an eight-piece band that consisted of four Americans traveling from the U.S., one American living in and traveling from Spain, a Russian-American traveling from Milan, Italy, and two semi-local Italian musicians on drums and guitar whom I had contracted using some of my contacts from the old days when I used to tour over there a lot. I was the designated driver and logistics coordinator for the band in Italy and co-leader of the band at the gig. I was wearing a lot of hats. Somehow, we got all eight of us into town and checked into our hotel. We transatlantic band members tried to stay awake long enough not to be completely off-kilter for the next day. We had a 10 a.m. sound check the next morning that went smoothly, followed by a noon appointment for our COVID tests in order to be able to return home. I got a couple of morning runs in and took some photos, but the tourist aspect of this trip was slight at best. It did, however, allow me to use social media in the manner which I find most valuable. By posting a couple of idyllic-looking photos from abroad, I was able to make sure that all of the people who hated me in high school know that my life is better than theirs. They don't need to know the rest of the story. Playing a gig all those miles away was very much like playing any other typical wedding. It was just a very long commute. Everything went well. The client was happy. We were only on the ground for about 48 hours. Then we retraced our steps to return home. With the time change, we flew out Monday night and returned home Thursday afternoon at about 4 p.m. Naturally, me being the gig whore that I am, and having previously had the experience of getting off an international flight and going straight to the job, when I was offered to work that Thursday night from 1 to 4 a.m. at the Red Lion with the Days of Wild Band, of course, I took it. 
I have to say, when my alarm went off at 11.30 p.m. Eastern Time for my midnight departure for the gig, that was the closest I've ever come to not being able to answer the bell for the final round of the heavyweight contest. Some combination of exhaustion and road food had me feeling shaky, sweaty, and nauseated. It was a little late in the day to try to find a replacement bass player at midnight on a Thursday, so I decided to make myself a cup of tea and walk very slowly to my car. I made it to the gig without incident or without hurling out of my driver's side window. I started to rally about showtime and felt completely myself again by 3 a.m. I'm not sure what it was, but I managed to push on through to the other side. That Friday, I had the day off, mercifully. It gave me just enough time to prepare for the wedding gig I was leading Saturday night in Brooklyn. It was basically the same gig as Wednesday in Italy, but without the frequent flyer miles. It was a lovely same-sex wedding at a music and theater venue with a group of celebrants who were eager to get down. We were only too happy to be able to supply the beat to facilitate the getting of the down. The only thing that struck me funny about the gig was how we executed the choice of their first dance and the accompanying instructions around it. They wanted us to match exactly a Stevie Nicks live version of a Dave Matthews song. Fair enough, we have the technology. We were urged to match Ms. Nix's tone and phrasing as closely as possible. The female singer on the gig was very young, just 18 years old, quite talented but inexperienced. Her Stevie Nicks impression sounded exactly nothing like Stevie Nicks, whose charting career probably ended 20 years before this kid was born. I think she might have been doing her Adele impression, but no matter, the partygoers seemed to love it. Later in the night, when I saw how great a disco tune was being received by the dancers, I knew implicitly that We Are Family would have been the perfect next song choice. But I couldn't bring myself to ask an 18-year-old if she had ever heard of Sister Sledge, much less even knew the song. I decided to stick with the existing premeditated set list and call it a night. The next afternoon, Sunday, I made my way to LaGuardia Airport to catch a flight to Minneapolis. I'll tell you about that gig next time. As I was waiting for my boarding time, a dude came up to me and asked, Were you in the band last night at the wedding? You guys kicked it. Yes, my friends, as I've said before, fame is a tenuous and relative phenomenon. This is the Funk Boy, signing off.